this might end up being uh, an outtake episode just for the fun of it to post while yeah. I'm driving to uh, DEF CON. Be like, by <laughs> the way, since everyone is traveling, including me, here's all sorts of crap uh, that's been sitting in my Dropbox to uh, entertain you, including yeah. something about a, a, a squirrel? What, what, what's, what? Oh, no. We fit the fittest minds with the chip inside that can link and digitize that which prior to this was higher than science could ever devise. Nice. This is a neural interface, we're gonna stick it in your face, fill it in your brain and interlace. There's an arms war on and we're gonna win the race, leave everything in a race, bring the base. Welcome to Dangerous Minds, where we delve into the minds of biohackers, grinders, and take a closer look at the tech being implanted and developed by this community. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Dangerous Things, who delivers custom gadgetry for the discerning hacker and biohacker. So check them out at DangerousThings.com. Now, if you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the efforts of Dangerous Minds Podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at DangerousMinds.io and or email us at info at DangerousMinds.io. We'll be glad to talk to you about it. So here's the deal right now. Hackers, biohackers, lock sporters, and assorted law enforcement from around the world are currently headed towards DEF CON, Black Hat USA, and B-Sides Las Vegas, which make up pretty much uh, what we fondly call Hacker Summer Camp, which is going on this coming week in Las Vegas. So instead of a regular episode, <coughs> we have a collection of outtakes and some B-roll for you. So listen and laugh and be sure to check us out here in Vegas uh, if you happen to be there, you know, feel, because we would love to sit down and talk to you and perhaps um, explore what questions and or comments you may have for all the randomness that we've presented along the way and what future you know, direction we may have, if any. You may help shape it. So, you know, reach out on social media, check in, because we're going to be out there all week, and we'd love to hear from you. Cool, which is really, really good. Like, his, his um, definition of what CRISPR is is so, so good. Like, you almost want to just put that at the start of, like, Oliver's episode to be like, this is what the hell we're going to be talking about for the next hour. Yeah, that's why when we were talking to Oliver, I had two laptops. One yeah. to Google what in the hell he was saying, and then one <laughs> yeah. run the conversation. And we recorded it twice, didn't we? And I still yeah. couldn't get it. <laughs> uh, we recorded it twice, and I was still going, oh, my God. This guy hurts my brain. He's so smart. <laughs> uh, uh, after that, I really was seriously contemplating not doing this anymore because uh, it was just like, oh, God, if we have to talk to people like that every day, I I'm not going to know what the hell's going on. It was really hard because he's really academic as well, isn't he? So he's like, uh -huh. it's like an academic journal or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, it was just way above our heads. But this time it was, you know, pretty down to earth. That's why it was funny notes? that he mentioned his day job was uh, construction. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that as well. Just put that in there. Just made me go, say what? It's <laughs> like, I guess, I guess you, like you said, he's trying to get people to buy his books. Yeah, uh, I mean, you would love it if they would uh, do whatever with the TVs and movie. The uh, books look cool, though. Like, if you look at the book, I'm really, really interested in, in getting that digital. That's why I asked them the question, is it good to read the Axe one first or just go straight to the digital one? 
he's like you know digital uh, biodigital so I'm gonna get that book alright yeah that's quite good I have to get them for my Kindle yeah hopefully they're available on Kindle if not um, yep. I'm gonna have to poke them and say hey publish the Kindle damn it there is an ebook one so it's got me because you know especially if you're self-publishing yeah, doing it to Kindle is not really any cost. It's just time to process it and get it in the right That's format. It. So, how are you doing for DefCon? <laughs> Speaking of time, uh, lots yeah. of work uh, on graphics, what have you. Uh, yeah. Don't know if you've looked at some of them. I looked at some of the most recent ones, yeah. But I at least know. Time's ticking. <laughs> uh, well, I do know for a fact that if I send it to a couple different printers for it to be pr produced, I have still yet another week before I'm out of time and I have to go with something, uh, whatever I have. I, I just don't know what to choose yet. Yeah. It's called, I don't know. We'll see. Have you um, got everything else, else sorted? Or yeah, I've got pretty in. much everything else sorted. And uh, today... Your supplies I, and shit. Yeah, I got all my medical supplies in today. Gonna pack everything up, uh, get it all sorted uh, either today or tomorrow. Um, cool. I got a, a Google Doc up today for people to be able to sign yeah, up. Yeah, i that. Yeah. Uh, to if they want to get it get it done before <laughs> the implant party. Because Did you say you had um my fair changeables? Yes, I do. I have a limited might, quantity of those. Might need to reserve one of those. I have five. Okay. Uh, What's I the list five price? Of those only. And uh, two people uh, expressed interest in it. You now have expressed interest in it. I kind of have an interest in it. <laughs> so it might be yeah. that I need to bring an autoclave with me or borrow one from Prophase Bio Studios. I'm not sure. We might have Definitely. to autoclave some stuff. Can you not also play it before you come along? I could if I made it had enough time to get up to yeah. the, okay. the thing. I'd rather just borrow an autoclave at this point and either clave them here or in Vegas, either one. Yeah. It's a small yeah. dental one, it's not that big. Yeah. I'd be able to do like one or two at a time. Fair enough. Well let's see how it goes. I've yeah. I'm like away. Most most likely what I'll do is uh, uh, have the chip. That way we can read all the chips, yeah. get them set up the way we want, and then uh, you know make sure that they're not breaking, and yeah. then, um, then pass them out to the people involved. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is it can always brick, right? <laughs> that's, that's the problem with using these, these Chinese... Yeah, Chinese Cut. back doors. Like this, the issue is it's the the risk you take. You know, you're not you're not buying a an NXP chip. <laughs> you're buying a chip that's pretending to be an NX, NXP chip. Yeah, and, it, and it's not even like the T five seven seven cards. It's like you know, like this this shit just does stuff it shouldn't be able to do. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a hacker aspect of it. Yeah, because uh, I, I remember uh, one guy I know that uh, works in network security he was just like uh asking what in the devil is biohacking where's the hack in biohacking how do i get yeah. shell on the human body well it's not exactly this it's not <laughs> shell on the human body 
You're not going to oh, get man. shell on somebody unless they have like a device fully yeah. installed, like you know, a Bluetooth uh, connected, you know, heart monitor or you know what have you, something like that. That's where you get the shell. But it's not all about getting shells. It's about changing your environment and how you interact with it. Yeah. I mean, I I could order one of these XM ones from DT, but that's what I have. I have a yeah. bunch of those. I have a I have five uh, that I got before the recall, but it's not it's not really a true recall. It's just yeah, it's just it's, hey, you, guys, you brick it, is... then you have to be a hacker about it. Yeah, but you can brick an XEM if you're not careful. Like uh, if you use the blue duper to uh, you know, yeah. put an HID card on there, you it adds the, the password. While removing the password with uh, Proxmark. Proxmark, yeah, you can brick it. And then you have to go back through it and re-encode it a couple of times to get it up and working, which I've seen firsthand due to a buddy of mine having fun with his Proxmark and his... Uh, XEM. That's, <laughs> I've always that's hoped why I, that I would just get a bricked one so that oh. I could just do it, but Ryan still has not supplied me with a bricked one, which is great. Oh, well, we can always brick one. Yeah. So, um, is everyone else confirmed for DEF CON now? What time do you say thingy's coming in? Uh, so, you guys are getting there 12 Monday. We're going to yeah? try to get there around noon, if oh. not a little before then. And then, okay. uh, um, homeboy brian he'll yeah. be in his flight gets in sometime around 11. uh brian haven't seen him for ages yeah i haven't heard from him in ages yeah i, I spoke to recently, recently talking about yeah. defcon yeah same but he's cool man he's still doing his blog i mean that's commitment yeah is he is he still writing for hackaday too uh, i think so the last time i spoke to him he said he was oh, okay because that's cool for the resume yeah um, I think he won a number of things over there before. <laughs> so, like when I was speaking to him last year, he was saying that he's he's won a lot over there. So nice. Um, yeah, I'm so I'm away next weekend. My week's like really really tough now. So like this week I'm at work. This weekend I'm away on a stag do in Manchester. Um, Bachelor party. Uh, yeah. Okay. I was like, I don't uh, know what the hell you're talking about? Do you not call them stag do's, no? No, we call them bachelor parties. So do you call them bachelorette parties? Yes, for the ladies. So we call them hen do's. Which that sounds weird. and Like a hen? You know, like a hen. Yeah, that but it, it sounds kind of uh, sexist. Uh, well, it's a stag and a hen. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, anyway, so I'm, I'm away then. And then I come back. And then, like, I've got a few days and on Friday. So next week, Friday, I'm flying. So then I'll be in US time. Da -da -da -da. It's going to get nuts quick. Yeah. Right. So I'm like running around trying to get batteries and shit for my camera. My microphone's still not working very well. So I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> That's not good. Have you got mics or mm -hmm. a mic? I've got a couple of uh, lavs. I bought the I bought two lobs that plug in to one headphone jack, so if nothing else, I can get yeah. and then uh, plug in uh, 
plug in the lives and we can just record using that. Yeah. And live streaming for the lows. Lots of live streaming. Mm-hmm. Should be cool. should be good. I'm also trying to get a a frame to strap in one of my extra Androids into it to be good for uh, doing uh, recording using yeah. that for like either Facebook Live or Periscope, you know, what have you. Doing that for fun just to be like, hey, this day or this time we're gonna get on Periscope at this time. Blah, 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 and just, you know, do random shit for the fun of it with uh, uh, social media. And then uh, even try our bit with uh, going live on YouTube for the fun of it and see if, but I don't know how that works from a remote standpoint, really. Well, we'll work it out. Are you going to record the journey, yeah? Yeah. I got a couple of, I got like five extra phones, so... I'm going to use uh, a few of them to uh, do like time lapse. Yeah. I- I'm tempted to have like time lapse the the cab as well. So you get to see the insanity that is <laughs> 20 hours straight in a car. Wow. And just see what people, you know, how goofy it can get. You spend long travel- longer traveling than I will. Mine's yeah. like 13, no. 14 hours, 15 hours, something like that. 18 hours, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know um, whether to you know, have it go like every five seconds or what, if we're going to be that crazy about it. Yeah. Uh, and then we One can drive point. up and down the strip the strip with a uh, selfie stick, yeah. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're going to do, do all sorts of goofy shit just to do goofy shit. So, um, you know, you know um, Earl of Sandwich, yeah? Yeah. There's one in the LA airport, but I've already said that I'm not going there until I get to DEFCON. Really? I've waited a whole year. Like I can wait another like three days. You're such a nerd. <laughs> I've just because you can drive there. San Antonio a few times. Yeah, just because you can drive there, right? It's not the same, man. It's not the same. It's still funny. <laughs> Be like, hey, hey, I, I got, I got my airless sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gave her a pseudo one. Does, does she need a handle? Everybody needs a handle. What's your handle? She doesn't know. Leaves me. <laughs> <laughs> How about just Z? What? Just the letter Z. Why? Because your name is Either Lisa. Letter, we'll just call you Z. Because everyone get everyone says her name is Lisa, even though it's Lisa with a Z. So you uh-huh. have to always say, oh, no, it's Lisa with a Z. So you might as well just be Z. Yeah, easy, I'll man. call her Z. <laughs> She's like, mm. It's easy to remember. Lisa with a Z. And Not Lisa. You don't get to pick your, your handle, so you're Z. It's already done, mate. You're Z now. <laughs> Come on, Z. Come on, Z. Get in the car. Let's go, Potty. <laughs> Instead of "Come on, Barbie, let's go party," uh, 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 yeah. I just realized we just recorded us singing to that theme tune. Yep, cool. and you know what's going to happen? Yeah, huh? You know what's going to happen now, Liz right? Liz V. Yeah. Liz V. That's your handle. Liz V. The handle is Liz V. 
this might end up being uh, an outtake episode just for the fun of it to post while yeah. I'm driving to uh, DEF CON. Be like, by <laughs> the way, since everyone is traveling, including me, here's all sorts of crap uh, that's been sitting in my Dropbox to uh, entertain you, including yeah. something about a, a, a squirrel. What, 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 what? Oh, no. I still have, have that, that recording. Oh, man. That was so bad. Hey guys! It was Tim Cannon. I still remember. Hey guys, this there's a squirrel here. He's that looking at not, me. That is not a British accent. I He's don't know looking what that is. at me. He's looking at me. What is that? He wants my cracker. Cracker. He wants my biscuits. Cracker. You're a cracker. Actually, that is a slang term for a white person. I know. <laughs> Uh, cool. Um, oh. oh, are we recording next weekend? Because I'm away. If you're away, then probably not, right? Should we say it's like a break before the camp? Either that or I'll, I might do one solo. I don't know yet. Depends. Okay, let, let me know if you are doing one because I don't know what time I'm getting back. But, you know, just let me know. Uh, you might, you might try and be available just for the... The recording because you want to be on it. Oh, I mean, it's good to make an effort, isn't it? Yeah, I'd be surprised if you if you didn't. You're not cursor if you don't put forth an effort. That's it, mate. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna go to bed, so I'll speak to you probably tomorrow. All right. Uh, All right. Give me some notes on the images. All right. Before you cool. crash, let me know if the direction. Uh, I mean, if, she, if she's if she's happy to go that way, and you think it's like cool, go that way. Can you print half and half? Half and half? What do you mean? Yeah. But how many are you getting printed? Um, I got a new printer that is the same price as like a hundred. Nice. Print like a thousand. Nice. Can you do like some with DMP and some with the firehacking village stuff? Oh, you're yeah. I know what you're talking about now. The yeah. background. Uh, uh, no, it, it would be one image uh, for the front. Oh, you're not going to split the images between two different things, no? No, you can't. It's just one order, one image, uh, a thousand. Is uh, if I split oh, it right, up, then it, it's not as cheap. two five hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Then I have to do two five hundreds, and it'd be more. Do we need a thousand? I was wanting to get extra just to give give out a uh, swag. I was tempted just to get uh, a thousand of the DMP block ones. Yeah. Like similar to the ones that I had last year that I ended up taking one and sticking it on the back of my yeah. press badge. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But I'll take a look, see, see more um, what's going on. Cool. And um hello sorry okay i thought there was a question there Cursor, uh, yeah, i must have, i must have missed it it kind of blinked out um yeah i've, I've got like a, a squirrel that is right next to my laptop <laughs> uh it's oh. scaring the hell out of me shiny <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like it's just running down now it's fine i don't know if you can see it it's, it's just down there it's... okay yeah um <clears throat> sorry yeah where, 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 where we're going <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, so where are we going from now? Okay, I thought you were having a question for him in that statement. 
It's no, I just wanted to get, get across the point as we should be funding the right people instead of trying yeah. to get them knockoffs well, and then... Couldn't you, know, you then uh, <laughs> phrase it as, uh, in the talking about funding the right people, how do you how do you fund all this? Is this self-funded or as a group? Or well, yeah. yeah, up until University? now it's been uh, up until now it's been mostly self-funded. Uh, we've wait, had, wait, we've had wait, on, sorry, Tim. Do you, want, do you want me to go with the question and you can cut it cut it in? Sure, yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Can you do that? Yeah, Doug? thumbs yeah. up here. Okay, so so in in terms of talking about uh funding the next sort of like tech revolution or 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 new technology that's coming out how how do you go about doing that as a, as a company hello everybody thanks so much for checking out another episode this is going to be of the uncensored tactical podcast as well as our other publishing forum which is insurgency knitting circle and today we're interviewing cooper and cursor from the dangerous minds podcast we're going to talk about maybe some implants some digital and tech implants and biohacking and hacker community and info sex space and all this other really cool shit here we go and i will plug in music over my voice right now and we're in so cooper and cursor i'm so happy to have you guys on here thank you for having Thanks us for having <laughs> uh you guys want to start by uh telling the audience who you are and what you do and kind of just a brief overview and then we'll move into some questions Sure, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, my name is Cooper. Uh, you, you can find me easily because uh, you know just go to dangerousminds.io, and it'll lead you to my Twitter, which will lead you many other places down the rabbit hole you want to go. Um, I am an avid lock sporter, and I will pick locks for cider as long as you have permission and that they are yours. Because I am a member of Tool, and uh, also a member of Longhorn Lock. Uh, picking club or longhorn lock sport depending on who you talk to is depending on what you call it uh, as far as what I do for the day job I am a sysadmin and uh, which means I play with servers and I also play with uh, computers and make them work when they when they break what I want to do when I grow up uh, other than enjoy long walks on the beach is um, being paid to possibly be a pen tester I've uh, done a few uh, pen testing engagements just recently as a contractor, and it worked out uh, quite quite well. Um, social engineering is the easiest way to get in anything. Just walk in and say, hi, I'm from so-and-so cable company. I'm here to do a quick site survey, and they <laughs> let you walk right in. Uh, doctor's office, small business, corporation, bigger they are, the usually the worse they fall when you said, oh, there's a problem with your signal in your area. I well, love it. Before that we get further into it, so I'm well. going to hand it over to Ashley and get him to introduce himself. Otherwise, I won't shut up. Hey, so I'm Cursor. I'm a co-host on the Dangerous Mind podcast. Um, I'm also a developer. So I'm a developer, as you can tell from the accent, I'm not from the rest of wherever you guys are from. <laughs> I'm uh, from London in the UK, um, and I guess my main hobby is uh, radio frequency identification, which is what led me to the implantable scene of RFID and dangerous things, and again, then leading as a catalyst into the rest of the crazy world that we call biohacking. Very cool. Is that, is that it? 
That's you it. Anything else you want to add on to that, Cruiser? Uh, oh, you put me under pressure now. I don't know. If yeah, I'm yeah just, I was I was weighing the two of you, and the timeline uh, in my head was kind of. Like, I am a well-fed <laughs> compared to a not so well-fed. So you're you're going to have outweighed regardless. Well, I guess um, I, I do uh, quite a lot of projects relating to RFID in the biohacking community. So in the subsection of biohacking that we work in called grinding, which I promise you has nothing to do with the app, um, <laughs> is, is sort of RFID related. So that's relating to um, implants of RFID technology, creating mobile applications to support those and future Im imp implementations, things like opening doors and um, car access systems, that sort of stuff that is um, basically industry. Well, I'm big on opening doors too. So that's actually how I, I kind of approached getting you guys on here for an interview was I thought that was just fucking wild. Um, so is it one or, or the other of you or both that have the implants? Both of us do. I have slightly more. Um, I used to have seven. I had to have one taken out. Uh, because it was just a beta and also wasn't quite in uh, straight because I had it implanted in my ring on my middle finger mm -hmm. so that uh, I can open doors very special way. All doors are number one, but unfortunately I had to have it removed because it was in at an angle, wasn't healing well, and well, being that I had the world's smallest handcuff, uh, also known as a wedding ring on my hand, it was causing that to not heal funny. properly. <laughs> so it wasn't happy, I wasn't happy, and then I got it removed, and everything healed up quite nice now. That is so cool. Yeah. Uh, I told the audience on the Discord channel um, about interviewing you guys, and they were pumped about it. So I, the first thing I told them was implantable technology, and they were like, whoa. They were like, hold the phone, start asking questions. Um, so should we, should we play the game where I, I can guess maybe one of the questions? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll hold it. Let's, uh, let's, what do you got going on for your implants? And then I'll ask. Um, so I've got three at the moment, mm -hmm. two in working order. Let's call that. Um, one allows me to enter the door of my work, which is cool. Um, I really forget stuff all the time. So that's one less thing to worry about. And the other is a, um, I think at this point is a contact card. So you can scan it on your Android or iPhone now. And um, it will give you my, give you my contact details. That's pretty cool. Um, was, do one of you guys have uh, magnets? Actually, I have a bunch that I've been testing the coating mm -hmm. on and uh, about to start doing some beta testing within my own body. There's uh, one that I'm trying to figure out whereabouts to put it. Cause it's a little bit bigger than the average implant, meaning it's not a Yogi Bear or anything, but uh, having a cylinder of glass with, with a magnet inside it in your body can be uh, daunting as far as location. Hmm. So, and what, you know, so much like business, location is everything. <laughs> okay, what, what does that do um, besides the obvious uh, you can touch stuff and be a magnet? Well, the, well, that's when I have to say what kind of magnet because there, there are basically two types. Okay. Small discs that often enough go into nerve clusters like fingertips mm -hmm. and cylinders that go into like sides of the hand or other parts of the body. Some people put it in their wrists, et cetera, to, for lifting. 
uh, like you, like if I have it on the side of my hand, I can then um, attach random objects to, or pull the whole um, magician sleight of hand that much easier. So as a pen tester or um, SE type of person that might become handy, and if you have small lockpicks to be able to conceal them when somebody's uh, messing with you going, hey, I don't know what you're talking about, and it's sitting there stuck on the back of your hand because you're your magnet. So that might be something fun, but the, the small small discs, like you mm -hmm. walk through metal detector or you know, some sort of security system, you, you can feel the you know, electronic uh, waves, the, the electricity in the area. So say you're working as a repair technician and, you know, or you know, working on computers, if there's a charge in the device you're about to stick your hand in, it's not going to tickle. And you'll know it's on because you'll feel the vibration. Because that, that electricity causes the magnet to vibrate, and your nerve cluster will pick that up. So it's an extra sense. I want to do it just to see what that feels like. I have probably very little use for it at this point, but that sounds so freaking cool. I just I, It's like a sixth sense. Uh-huh. And, and much not. like uh, one one type of uh, pseudo implant slash wearable is uh, called the North Sense. It often uh, it often enough will either be implanted on a person's chest mm -hmm. um, using derm anchors or bars, and it vibrates every time you're facing north. So oh, say you have a really bad sense of direction, you don't know uh, how to gauge where the sun is and your own part of the world, etc. Whenever you face north, bzzz, it, here it goes oh. vibrating. Then yeah. you don't have to know where north is. Say you're dropped out in the middle of nowhere. You don't know what the heck you're doing. You don't know where you are. At least you know where north is because you got this thing strapped to your chest. I actually have one. I haven't had it implanted yet. I, I've got some uh, tattoo work on my chest. Mm -hmm. I want to get finished and healed before I do that myself. So we got uh, two types of magnets. Uh -huh. uh, cursor, you said RFID stuff. Yep. There's also NFC, which NFC. is something you can program with your phone. Uh, and that's uh, probably what he what he's using for his contact details. The fun part about with that type of implant, also with other apps, you can have it do multiple things at once. Mm -hmm. For the fun of it, I had one of mine um, do text-to-voice, so your phone would start talking to you saying, now entering Dangerous Minds, it'd bring up the podcast homepage. It would oh. start playing the newest episode in the background on your audio player. It would then email from your phone uh, our info email address saying, hey, I want to join the newsletter. And uh, also add uh, our information as a contact in their phone. But if you were nefarious, you could also add a nice little tag on the end of, open up a browser, go to a, a website address that is hosted by one of my servers, then do a nice little um, SQL attack and run an exploit that we have stored there, and much like that, that was available not too long ago called Stage Fright. So if you had an Android phone that's vulnerable, guess what? I now have root shell to your phone. And uh, all that other stuff is just the distraction it's like, hey, look at this hand while this other hand's doing something completely different. Just to teach people how vulnerable things are, 
how interesting this technology is and also much like anything that you stick your hand in or stick in your own body know what it's going to do before you stick it because I tell my girlfriend you know, that all the time like uh you know any <laughs> hole in the wall or hole in the ground there could be a snake there you're going to get bit that's not gonna that's not gonna tickle so first I'm sorry. Go ahead, Cursor. Sorry, I just thought of a of another use of of magnets that um, we forgot to mention, which I think mm -hmm. you'll find is quite cool. Um, it's so um, some people get magnets implanted in their tragus, which is the the little nibbly bit in the ear. So you know uh -huh. the front of the ear bit there. Some people get it pierced, um, and by getting magnets implanted there, they can wear uh, an induction loop around their neck. So similar to say speaker wire, mm -hmm. which is plugged into an amplifier. What that allows them to do is to send wirelessly audio directly into their ears. Um, so it's almost like a hidden spy device, if you like that sort of that sort of thing. Um, That's crazy. Quite interesting. So you put some wires around your neck, and you put the magnets in your the front part of your ear. Yeah. It's, and someone sends a. What kind of signal do they send? So you can have that uh, speaker wire plugged plugged into an amplifier. So that can okay, be plugged, plugged into an amplifier. Into phone or. A lot of people use like a, a Bluetooth headset, so then mm -hmm. you can also have two-way communication. Um, and then every anyone on the other end will be able to communicate with that person by sending the the the, um, the sound up. So basically, the way it works is the same way that a speaker would work. Usually, you have the wire rotates around the magnet in a speaker. This is just uh, moving that around, so the magnet actually rotates and the vibration creates the sound. So that's okay. a quite cool cool case for magnets that I've seen. So what do you um? For uh, some nomenclature or terminology here, what do you call this? Because I know there's a lot of terms that kind of... So um, biohacking in general, um, a lot of people like the term biohacking. A lot uh -huh. of people don't because they feel like it's such an umbrella term for so many different types of biohacking. Um, so that's kind of an umbrella term? Yeah. So within there, you'd have things like um, it could be anything from medical biohacking. It could be... Um, transhumanism it can be lots of things i guess that the main area that we stick into is considered grinding which you know i don't necessarily like the term of grinding because mm -hmm. you know it sounds kind of painful if anything um but um that that's sort of the the people that um take technology and sort of unionize that the biology and technology together by implanting technology and, and things like that so that would come under that that term i think so for the most part, implanting some technology into you is under the grinding term, which is kind of also under biohacking. Yeah, correct. That's how that's how I would identify to it. I, I mean, you know, there is in in this area arena, it's there's no hard answers for things like that. But that that's how I would choose to identify that. Um, some other people tend to use the the term cyborg a lot since it's uh, basically augmenting yourself with artificial means. And I don't know about you, I don't really think of an injectable as really turning me into a cyborg. Because when I think of cyborg, I think of like shadow run, where you've got full heavy augmentation. Uh, but, you know, you've got amputees that are getting you know, pretty advanced prosthetics these days. Thanks to DARPA just sinking tons of money involved in it because you know, thanks to medical advances, a lot of people that would have normally um, died on the battlefield are now coming home. And 
yet are broken. So we've got to do something about that. As a country, as a very technological advanced country, we need to provide a, you know, a similar quality of life. So instead of, you know, full on, you know, truly robotic uh, shadow run type of, you know, comic book superhero type of thing going on, it's more just trying to replicate what they lost and get them on par again. That to me is more, you know, more of um, what I would call a cyborg instead of just somebody augmenting their life through digital keys or magnets to en enhance their own senses that kind of you could easily say as far as uh, just uh, verbiage is right on the line. I don't know. I, it's up to their own interpretation. Uh, I don't, I personally would much rather see more, more advanced prosthetics, especially, you know, instead of LASIK, give me something that I can actually study the composition of metal, the fatigue uh, areas on it. Yeah. I want that Star Trek type of eye socket uh, replacement instead of uh, wire rims with glasses. That would be cool. Um, what's, so you said earlier, since we're on a terminology kick here, what's the difference between RFID and NFC? I have some people that are very uh, tech informed in our audience, but some people that are not like me. So I either get it right or I get crucified. <laughs> <laughs> I got a hammer. So I'll borrow it. Um, right. Let me see if I can, I can definitely get a term that will sit on the edge so much that I can't be put either way. Um, so RFID is the technology radio frequency identification. Okay. Um, so I would say that that is a name of a technology and NFC, uh, which is near field communication, um, is, is an RFID is a part of RFID. So, um, I think things like NFC, there's lots of different terms. I remember reading up when I was doing my research, but, um, a lot of it goes on the form of it can be both a container for data as in a reader and a transmitter of data, um, as well as other, other terms like, you know, it, it can, um, have more complicated data, which I think is a weak example of the difference. But the, the way that a lot of laymen may see the terms is NFC is the type of thing that your phone can scan. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, you know, like the various different cards, if you took a card to the back of an Android phone or the payment that you use at a terminal in your credit card, um, things like that. Um, and RFID is kind of considered whether wrong or not um, a low frequency um, uh, standard. So things like um, access systems are often done on low frequency. Um, I think it's kind of like coined now, especially in, in this sort of arena that RFID is not NFC and everything else is NFC. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that's correct or not, but that's, that's the way things have happened. Helps me. Cause I thought they were two completely different things, but I guess they're definitely intertwined. So, I so, mean, th the argument is that even with an NFC device, you have an identification so you can be identified by radio frequency. It's a really, really lax answer probably. <laughs> well, here's, here's my kind of fun experimental walkthrough follow on question. So can you walk me through a door, so to speak? So you get your, I don't know what, which type of implant NFC or RFID, but you get one of them implanted in your skin and you have a, 
a key, like maybe a key card reader at your office, how do you get yourself into that door? Like, how would you do so, the setup and uh, the reading and the talking and all that? So, um, I guess there's a number of ways of doing it. Um, if depending on the, the technology that's used for the actual door, right? Mm -hmm. So unfortunately a lot of these doors are very weak security. Um, so a lot of the office type doors will be using very, very lax security, maybe a string of, of numbers or digits. So okay. what you can do is, is you take the card that you're issued. Obviously we're going with the scenario that you've, you know, as you said before, you have, yeah, let's say you have access. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> legal, legal authorization to enter. Sure. Um, and then what you do is, is copy that string of, of digits out onto the type of um, tag that is injectable. So mm -hmm. the type of tag we have um, can emulate various different types of other tags. So you're taking that string and you're writing it to the string inside your hand. So I want to be very clear because a lot of people think it's, all right, I'm going to take my, my work card I'm going to cut it out, put it in acetone, take, take out the, uh, the chip and put it in a syringe and put it in my hand. That is totally not what we're doing. So what we're doing is we've taken a type of RFID card that can emulate those cards, making it into a proper sound, secure, um, injectable. And then after that, writing to the tag. And is, it, is this done before implanting or can it also be modified once it's in your skin? Um, it's often done after implanting after, okay. um, just because you want to keep it sterile. So it's usually yeah. in a syringe that's made out of metal and things like that. So yeah, you can write and read through the, through the skin. Yeah. That's cool. And to go further with like a red team aspect, mm -hmm. say you've been hired to do a pen test on a facility yet. If you get caught, you don't want to have uh, cards in your, in, in your possession that can be taken from you instead to then, be able to walk right back in after being escorted out. You can sit there with open source uh, hardware uh, may, that's been uh, released by Bishop Fox, their design, which is an RF-tastic thief, which works uh, against um, RFID, HID systems, um, and sit there from your car, from, you know, or just throw it in a messenger bag and you know be within range and get get the UID codes off of those low frequency cards and have them stored up on, on the memory card of the, of the device. Um, a, a popular show of Mr. Robot showed that in one of in their first season, I believe it's episode five when uh, the main character is in a Starbucks, but they didn't portray it quite popular, quite correctly because he went up there and rubbed the messenger bag that had this, giant antenna scanner in it when he could have had it when the guy walked right by and, and went up to the counter instead of walking up, rubbing, dry humping the guy and then like, oh, I just wanted to put a tip, blah, blah, blah. That was extra fluff that didn't need. It's like, just let the guy walk by, not even know or see your face. And you've got both him and his buddy, which are wearing their stupid work badges right around their neck or hanging off their waist. And you've got them recorded right then and there. No need. But if you have it implanted in you, the extra security on that is even with a little bit of little bit of skin, little bit of fat cells over it, whatever tissue, guess what? You gotta really scan hard. That's when the dry humping would be a more realistic scenario because 
it takes a lot of effort to get a decent read after it's already in your body. Uh, unless you're lucky, you know, even uh, scanning it for, if you don't have the antenna oriented right uh, with the average door scanner or USB scanner uh, connected to your computer, you then learn how, how the orientation of the antenna of the device in you uh, works best. But say you got it scanned, their UID scanned to the card, guess what? You can then encode that to your chip, walk up to the door, with a, have a blank card if you so desire to perform for the cameras, be like, hold it and scan it, scan your hand and the card, same swipe, walk right in. Or if you just walk right up, put your swipe your hand, open the door, all one fell swoop, they didn't see a card. If somebody's actively watching the camera, they'll be like, what the hell? Is the door unlocked? What the f just happened? <laughs> and say physical security guy is like walking down going, hey, what the hell are you doing in here? Hey, man, the door was open. I I'm just looking for a bathroom. No, nope, you got to come with me, buddy. Time to leave. You know, physical pen test over. No, nothing on you gives them a reason to call the cops at all. And you can just walk out, walk right back in. And if they're still watching the camera, they'll be like, what the hell's wrong with our system? Somebody put in a ticket, uh, uh, call the repair guy, come out, check our doors, something's up. Uh, or you'll be seeing the security guy, you know, taking a break from sitting at the desk, going up there going, it seems locked. Deep, deep. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with this door? Why did it not, you know, not keep the guy out? And yet you're walking right back in and, if you keep doing it, you're going to be able, they're going to be like, oh, screw it. He's just trying to use the bathroom. And there goes your pen test that much further. Then it's like, okay, what's next on the checklist other than getting on? Uh, let's see if we can get a uh, plug in a USB rubber ducky to the computer, take a picture, leave your business card on the CEO's desk, what have you. Just depends what, what, what's next on your physical assessment. But if you've already gotten the keys inside, and you can just keep going until they call the cops. Uh, it's not over yet. It's not over until they, they, you're saying, okay, I'm, I'm caught. Call your, call your CEO. Here's my card. Here's my get out of jail free card. Um, please don't put me in orange. I, I'm good. I promise. I was hired to do this. I, um, I used to work for one of my military units did the testing for TSA at one of their airports. Um, I never, I had the opportunity once, but I was out a little late drinking the night before. So I missed my shot. They were like, Hey, wake up at 4am and come sneak bombs in. It was 4am. And I was like, Nope, next time. And I never got a next time. <laughs> but I remember my buddies just, God, the security was just terrible. Um, I think they had like a 96% failure rate. And then several years later on TV, I saw, oh, my God, TSA's failure rate super high. And I'm like, well, old news to me. Mm -hmm. um, I did a, I will be doing some site assessments soon. Um, I kind of sort of have an offer open to do some of that, which I'm excited about. I would love to get into pen testing, man. I think that would be a job that I can get behind. Me too. Because it's already something that I love. Um meeting new people, talking to them and getting access. So why not, <laughs> why not get a, get somebody to pay, pay me for it. 
Tell so me you're going to cut out that sentence. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great tagline. <laughs> and, you know, if you go in with the mindset of, uh, you hire me to do this, I'm going to keep going until you call the cops. Until I am physically in handcuffs or zip ties and waiting for the cop and I have to turn in my, uh, my get out of jail free card, you're getting your money's worth because I'm going to find all the holes I can. And even if I have to show up with a Domino's pizza uniform and, and walk in saying, I got, you know, 10, uh, 10 pies for so-and-so, and they happen to be right off their letterhead off the website, you know, there you go. Uh, just give me access. Let me walk out with a couple boxes of stuff. And that way I can return it the next day and say, I came in with pizzas, came back with your papers. Uh, maybe we need to retrain your security guards. And guess what? Let me give you a deal on the training. As compared to what these other guys will charge you, I can, I can teach them that for this much which is so-and-so amount less and extra business for me. Yay. Plus uh, you're getting your value because you're getting the full shop, not just finding the holes and uh, giving you a way to patch it too. What you got Ash? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not into pen testing that much, but uh, I love the idea of social engineering. Um, I think it's great. Um, you, your story earlier reminded me of a story of when, when we're using like your hand to access the door, you actually forget that you're using your hand to access the door, right? So it's very easy to accidentally do it around people that don't expect you to do that. <laughs> um, and the best example I have of this is to access my work door. It's, it's on a floor of a building and there's, there's a lift right next to it. So, um, there was someone in the lift and as I went to access the door, you sort of, I just realized, look to the left and as the doors are closing, you see the face change just before the, the doors come to a close of just like, you know, just seeing a ghost kind of thing. I, I kind of hope that he went down to security and tried to explain to them and they said, look, you need to get some sleep, go home. You've had a stressful day, all these things. So, um, yeah, that, that was a good time for that. <laughs> yeah. These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> not the droid you're looking for you totally got my <laughs> reference on that it, it'd be hilarious to read the report later of some jedi tried to break into the building it's like um if he was trying to break into the building was he truly a jedi so for for doors that don't have the nfi the nfc or the rfid um i do teach quite a bit about digit codes, whether it's four digits or six digits or whatever, but anywhere where there's a keypad. Um, I can't tell you how many times in very secure places in, in government buildings where whether I'm in uniform or not, or whether I'm shaven or not, or whether I look like a homeless person or not, I walk up to a door and whether I have authority to or not, I go beep, boop, beep, didn't work. And I find someone that's the right distance away and I go, hey, did they change the code? And they go, uh, it, I don't know. And I go, yeah, two, four, six, eight isn't working. They go, yo, it's uh two, four, five, six. And I go, thanks. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we, we, you guys interviewed me earlier. My, my audience uh, might not know this yet if they didn't click the link, but uh, on our recent inter interview that you guys did of me, we talked about, uh, oh, my mouth is moving faster than my brain. What, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, humans are the problem. 
often much more than technology is. So I've seen quite a bit of that in my, uh, my government career. Just ask for it. Just look like you belong and ask for it. I have, um, uh, an example of, of where that case is true in the world of RFID is mm-hmm. the, the technology is actually quite good. The, um, the things for access, there's, there's cards and technologies for a- access systems that are still secure at the moment. Um, like triple des encryption, AES encryption. Um, but a lot of people, humans make the decision that it's either, cost like not cost effective to do that or the worst one is the fact that okay we want to support legacy systems because we don't want the people using those legacy systems to have to you know apply for a new card or get a new card sent out and actually what that leaves is massive vulnerabilities that are known publicly known and you know this is this is an issue where where technology is actually stronger than than the humans but um there needs to be a change of mindset maybe some re-education in that area well, you could also think of it as it doesn't matter how much you spent on uh, the door lock, what have you, when you're defeated by somebody trying to sneak a smoke and leaves a $2 doorstop in there, if not like a Coke can or something propping the door open, um, one assessment which shall not be named, um, they put a, a doorstop opening up their entire server room to anyone that got in past the reception you know, and they were, they had a really nice lock on the door you know i'm assuming it was you know, probably had really it would have been a, a fun uh challenge to try and pick it they even had uh perfect uh weather stripping steel weather stripping on the inside of the door mm-hmm. to um buy, totally affect bypass tools, you know, under the door tools coming up. So you could just pull it down. Uh, even if it's uh, either a lever or a knob type of handle, both bypass tools exist these days, yet it was all defeated by a doorstop that somebody apparently put in probably when they were carrying, you know, heavy server or switch or something, you know, as a sysadmin for my day job. Yeah you have to carry a lot of heavy shit around when you're doing upgrades or installs and you use the doorstop, but you got to think, Hey, I put it there. I got to take it out when I leave. If you don't think about it, you leave it there. Guess what? You might as well have walked around without the belt around your waist and leave your pants around your ankle. When you come out of the bathroom, it's the same thing. You're dropping everything you have that you may want to keep private for the whole world to see. And all they had to do was walk in and say, hey, I'm from a local cable company. I'm here to do a site survey. And they let you walk right in. It's like, oops. So speaking of walking around with your pants down, uh, what is the, can you guys offer some things that are not too difficult that will really shore up our digital side of security? (laughs) Don't use sticky notes to write down your stupid password. Don't use sticky notes to write down your password. I'm familiar with that one. Because yeah. if you leave that sticky note attached to your monitor or under your keyboard, that's the first place I'll look. <laughs> and that's it's ridiculous how many times you see that. I think um, um, one 
piece of advice for businesses is um, don't make boring training courses. What I mean by that is That's the security good. is there, right? So like people know not to let people in the building. They know not to open the door for people, but we require retraining as humans. They're not on the front of our mind when we're worried about who's winning the World Cup, who's getting knocked out of the latest football game, et cetera, et cetera. On mm. a Monday morning, the first thing in your brain isn't, is the person behind me actually supposed to be here? So what we get is we get these retraining sessions that last hours of oh. clicking next, 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 next. Or the worst thing is finding the answers from your, from your uh, you know, whoever's sitting in the booth next to you so you don't have to do it. So I think my advice is make interesting courses, you know, like show vulnerability so people understand how this works and, and don't, don't make it a, a, a boresome thing to do because people won't learn that way. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I don't actually believe that there's that much um, stuff that isn't obvious. You know, all, all the flaws we've talked about since we started recording this are very obvious flaws, you know. Even things like the, the RFID stuff, that's known vulnerabilities. It's not a zero day. You know, we know, open, like on the smoking area, not to let people in. You know not to give someone a code at the gate. But it's the constant reminders are not good enough. And I, I think that's where businesses need to take responsibility to educate um, correctly, I think the word is. Well, speaking about training, that's that's one of my uh, hot button issues. Uh, the military and the government are also suffering from that boring training problem. And it's not just for digital security uh, or civil rights awareness or sexual assault prevention. It's it's everything, man. I um, At my law enforcement agency, I was considered uh, riot patrol certified. And I showed up to a classroom and I sat down. And the instructor literally said, it's too hot out to do riot training today. So we're just going to watch this PowerPoint. Ugh. Hey, you're certified. Here's your certificate. Good job. You did it. Yeah. So it's not just, I mean, don't get me wrong. For people that aren't, aren't interested in it, dig digital stuff could be quite boring. But, I mean, it's, it's everything that's permeated that. Um, one of you guys said the quote, um, the bigger they are, the more the, the easier it is to... Um, Something, something about bureaucracy being huge, but I mean, I got to tell you that it's, it's a, that's one of the biggest problems is just a huge bureaucracy that is all about numbers. Yeah, just marking time. Uh, and if you've sat through it, guess what? You're certified. I, I've seen the same in the past myself. And without people who are passionate about this type of stuff, then the message doesn't get delivered and often enough doesn't get absorbed. So mm -hmm. who's the best trainer for this type of stuff? Somebody that actually does it. Somebody that, you know, who's your best person for securing a network? A hacker. Because why? They love it. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. If they're, if they're in it for the money, then just like any other job out there, it's not the reason to be in the job. It's that, that heart of a community to get involved in just the community itself. They're not the most welcoming people because most of these guys are, you know, often enough, not uh, extremely social individuals, not very, uh, uh, they're just not welcoming. But once you get through that 
that firewall, then often enough it becomes a very warm and very accepting type of uh, type of social circle. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes. And you know, but if you get somebody that's truly passionate, truly knowledgeable, hopefully they know enough to be able to share it with someone else. Yeah, it takes a little bit of effort, a little bit of um, forethought and possibly gifts to be able to take something that's very technical and explain it to the layperson. You know, that's why you know, often enough, if you have someone in support, you try and explain to them, hey, try and view this as if you're talking to your grandma or your, or your mom, if they're not very technical themselves. Because if you can explain it to a family member that's not doesn't have any decent knowledge or experience in this area, then you ought to be able to explain it to anyone. I have a, a two uh, five-gallon buckets here with a couple of beer cans in the bottom with some holes drilled in the side of the five-gallon buckets that I use in my courses to teach about uh, pin tumbler locks. And mm -hmm. I just, I love it. People like, at first, I teach in order for a reason. First, I have them crack open a solid padlock and then I have them crack open a training padlock that they can see through after they've done the just the feel then they get to see and then i show them some written stuff we go over some uh, nomenclature and then i bring them to this tool and i say okay here's the shell of the padlock here's the tumbler that tumbles over and i put them together and i go okay see these holes how they're kind of zigzag i go all right these beer cans these are your pins i go watch what happens when we twist this and then like I had a couple, not everybody, because a lot of people get it before that step, but that's kind of like my last ditch is I keep it so simple. And I, I always get a couple people that are like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> it, sits, it sits on that ledge. I'm like, yes, jackpot. So I'm loving it. I'm almost ready to, we covered quite a bit. I'm almost ready to tie a bow on this soon. Uh, before we do that, do you guys want to start doing any plugs where people can follow you or find you or find out more? So your podcast, your Instagram and all that? Well, dangerousminds.io is our homepage. Okay. Uh, we also have a Facebook page of uh, facebook.com, Dangerous Minds Podcast. We just uh, threw up uh, the, a promo video on YouTube. We're working on content. Uh, Ashley, or uh, Cursor, he's mostly heading up that area because you know, I don't want to do everything myself. I need help. So I'm getting him uh, in that area. And he's got a lot of videos. I'm actually working on um, uh, a bunch of intro lock picking videos as well for that uh, for that web for YouTube. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram. It's actually my Instagram, but I, I use it for uh, lock picking and for dangerous minds. Uh, mostly plugging lock picking because it's even though that's just a subset of infosec, and we cover both biohacking and hacking slash infosec, whatever you want to call it. It's just something I enjoy. Um, uh, I make my own picks. I'm in my third generation of designs now. Um, but just like anything else, it's ever evolving. Um, how about you, Cursor? What's the easiest way to find you other than Twitter? Oh, we also have a Dangerous Minds Twitter. I, I did forget to mention that. Twitter? Okay. And the username is at D Minds Podcast. It's kind of a weird name for it, but so be it. Minds Podcast. And you cursor? 
what's the easiest way to keep with your projects? I'm, I'm guessing you have a GitHub. Uh, yeah, I do have a GitHub, although there's a lot of more private repositories than there are normal. That's um, Cursor as well, it's C-U-R-50-R. So it's um, a little bit weird, but um, then obviously the podcast page, as Cooper's already said. Um, I'd also say have a look at some other stuff in the community. Check out the um, dangerousthings.com, um, which is our main sponsor. That you know, just um, to dive into the world of biohacking. Check out some of the other people we've interviewed. Um, it goes from anything from implants to uh, implantable sex toys so that's an interesting one cool um, so you know the, the world is only just opening opening for anyone who's just just heard about this now but yeah check it all out and um you can always reach out to us as well i know there's some degenerates in my audience that are definitely going to go check out those references <laughs> at a minimum about, for the implantable sex toys yeah they're definitely wanting to get into the implantable sex toys skip ahead just go to biohack.me and look for Rich Lee's uh, write-ups on that. Uh, he basically is creating a vibration motor that's implantable and rechargeable and oh. implanting it. Think of it as a tree to shake the tree. And uh, <laughs> the reverse can be done as far as ladies as he's uh, concerned. He's just working on a better motor. Instead of shaking a tree, you're shaking uh, the bolt, so, so to speak. So you can get uh, uh, more action for the for less punch, you might say. I think you can uh, also find it. Um, is it Lovetron Nine Thousand? It has yep. the best name, also, because just Google that, and there's uh, bound to be something that'll pop up. No pun intended. <laughs> Why would it be called anything else except that? Yeah, but. One thing we did forget to mention for your degenerates on that train of thought, mm -hmm. uh, another use for a magnet is uh, implanting that in, in the head of the penis and then mm -hmm. uh, putting your laptop on your lap. Fun things happen there. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. If yeah, I think the vibration is yeah. yep. <laughs> painless. But I, I would wait we, uh, for the, like all magnet implants before you play with them. Let them fully heal. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, right. <laughs> there's more pain than pleasure. Even if that's your thing, you know, be careful. That's crazy. Um, I love it. Is the um the sense not called a cyborg asm? Oh, oh, See that? that was good. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's a t-shirt right there. I think it's riches. <laughs> All credit. Probably. And we also have a, a wiki that we're working on called cyborg.ist or cyborg.ist uh, that is first as a, a good wiki that we're trying to get submissions for to bring it fully online to where it's a one-stop shop where you could go and read up a, a wiki article about uh, Rich Lee, which is the, the man behind the Lovetron 9000 and then subset pages for his different projects, such as like the invisible headphones, which um, may be a great way for the average person that doesn't want to go out and get a Bluetooth enabled helmet for their motorcycle helmet to still have the capability of listening to music from their phone or from you know, MP3 player, etc. That's amazing. And um, now it, 
biohack.me uh, is a great resource. They've got a they've got a forum there. It's always exploring topics. They have a wiki there that's somewhat diverse, but it, it's more. Um, I think it's more afraid of liability. So it's not like a DIY. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. Mm -hmm. That you just need to be in part of the community and learn from the people that are doing. That's there's not a online place where you can be like, okay, this is how you, you know cut it, put it in, suture it up because somebody does it wrong, gets an infection, what have you, guess what? Especially in America, anybody can sue anybody at any time for anything. Uh, yay. Um, one of the great things that makes our country great <laughs> to that bullshit. But needless to say, there's also the Dangerous Things Forum, which has a lot of information, mostly about Dangerous Things products and the planning behind that, but still great resource. It's just, you know, plus there's also one of our competitors and friends, Two Cyborgs and a Microphone, another podcast. They do a lot of, inter, uh, a lot of uh, instead of interviews, it's mostly two guys talking about the research they've done and what they've learned themselves talking about it. Um, Dangerous Minds, we like to go to the source because, well, I don't know about you. I don't have a whole lot of time. I'm not going to research everything to be able to be an expert on anything. I don't claim to be an expert even at uh, anything InfoSec related or lockpicking especially not biohacking. Most of the people we talk to, some of their stuff is way over my head. And and that could easily be um, seen if you listen to our episode where we talked to, I forget the guy's name, but he, the subject was CRISPR, Cas9. It, the first time we recorded with him, which we had to go back and re-record, it was like two hours of sitting with two laptops Googling what in the devil the guy was saying. It's like, <laughs> holy fuck. I don't know what he's saying, but this sounds really cool. Google it. Oh, holy shit. He said, you just said that. That's what, how that works. Fuck me. That's cool. That was often enough. If you would have seen the chat between uh, hosts talking about it while talking to him, it's like, I don't know what he's saying, but it sounds really cool. Holy shit. I just Googled it. Take a look at this. Fuck me. I want to ask this question based on this, what I found online and afterwards further learning about it and seeing more, of that guy's talks just blew my mind. And that's, that's why um, I gathered my cohorts and started doing this process is I went to, you know, DEF CON and I went to body hacks con in Austin. I got a, a smattering, a little, little blotchiness of learning, but I wanted to learn more. I didn't want to wait until next January, February, when the next body hacks. I didn't want to wait a whole nother year till the next DEF CON to see more talks. And I don't have time to go to every single darn talk and sit in front of all the talks on YouTube. I want to go to the people that actually do this, that actually develop this. The ones that are truly expanding our, our senses, expanding the boundaries of what, how we can incorporate technology into our bodies and see why they do it, their passion behind it, what got them started in it, and what mistakes they may have had, what they have may learned along the way. And if me or one, somebody that listens to it can then say, I, I want to do something like that, give them a starting point. 
and possibly be able to avoid some of the mistakes though. I don't know, be honest, some of the best, best things I've ever learned in my life have a physical scar. Yeah, a lot of people, that's, that's one of my teaching points too. I tell people a lot in my class, there are lots of reasons these things will fail in the, in the field. You got to know why that happens. And if it happens to you, here's what you can do about it. Ask me how I know. I learned quite a bit from screwing things up. And then be able to pivot and do something else entirely. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, if you just are, uh, as if you're reading from a script and your life depends on it, you're totally fucked. I don't know. What do you say, Ash? Cursor. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we're, uh, we're ready to tie a bow on this one. I'll make sure as many of those links um, that I can, that I wrote down, we'll get into today's show notes. Um, and for the audience, I hope you found some value in today's show. The best way to follow us day to day, morning, noon, and night is on our Discord channel, and that's uh, Insurgency Knitting Circle. And the link will be in today's show notes. Uh, we're also on, we publish a lot on YouTube and on Apple and Google Play for iTunes and podcasts. And the website is home base. Anything you need, you can get there from the website. That's uncensoredtactical.com. Thanks so much for checking out our content. I really appreciate it, and I hope to see you guys next time. Also, special thanks to you, our listeners, for joining us today. As you know, if you want to learn more about the journey and, and explorations we take weekly, just check out our homepage at dangerousminds.io. And for more information, you can go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash dangerousmindspodcast. But while you're there, you know, you can check out, you know, the projects, attack the people behind it within this vastly growing community of citizen science, biohacking, grinding, implantable technology, network security, and lock sport. Please feel free to reach out to us with questions or comments. Um, we like to hear back from our audience. Now, if you like the work that we're doing and want to help us continue this crazy project, Become a Patreon sponsor by going to patreon.com forward slash dangerous minds and get involved and join us truly in this insanity. Otherwise, uh, you're welcome to find us on our homepage on dangerousminds.io or go to uh, find us on IRC, uh, hashtag dangerous minds on Freenode and our Facebook page once again, you know, facebook.com forward slash dangerous minds podcast. Uh, we have uh, we post news articles that we find interesting and you know, would love uh, to get more feedback on that from y'all. Perhaps you know one day we might talk to you about the work and our projects you're exploring and are developing. Until next week, seek the spark. Scientific progression is steamrolling, there's no preventing it going ahead. Now we're intrinsically linked with technology, biology as we know it is dead. 
got involved in biohacking kind of uh, early on 2005. Uh, I didn't know it was called biohacking at the time. And uh, I think it wasn't really a, a thing at that point. It was just, uh, you know, some, some crazy idea. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, I just decided, you know, I wanted to implant a, an RF transponder in my hand so I could get through my door easier. And, uh, you know, didn't really think much about it at the time. But in the, in the years since, you know, the maker movement has kind of really started to explode and, and, and right alongside it, uh, biohacking, both on the biological side uh, and also on the technical uh, kind of uh, biometrics or, um, you know, cyborgy kind of, you know, grinding community has kind of risen up from that as well. So, uh, you know, I, I decided a couple of years ago there was enough uh, going on, but it wasn't really coordinated well. Information was hard to get and uh, it would be a, a good idea to build a business model around it so that we could make sure that people were getting, you know, safe stuff and then going to, you know, professionals to be able to get it installed safely and, and kind of increase the knowledge and awareness about how to do this, you know, how to do it properly, um, what kind of stuff you need to do it. So that's how that's how Dangerous Things was kind of born from that. And um, <clears throat> and now, I mean, t today, there's uh, several biohacking companies that are into implantable devices. They're, they're researching and, de and developing these things. We're developing new, new products as well. So it's a pretty amazing thing happening in this kind of uh, underground community now kind of reaching the surface and, and uh, taking our, our, our first few gasps of, of air in the, in the public light. So it's, uh, it's pretty good. You know, it really, the term biohacking is almost at this point, uh, it, it's just, it's just almost a ruined term in my, my opinion. You know, grinding, grinding specific to um, uh, kind of the group that uh, operates out of the biohack.me uh, website. And, uh, you know, I, I think that in terms of that term, uh, it, it really gets away from a lot of the other stuff like transhumanism and biohacking. And this, this, it's, uh, you know, it's really... Um, more people who are actually doing things, you know, we're, we're less interested in talking theory, talking about, you know, products that in theory will come out or, you know, the way the world's going to turn or change, you know, once these things happen or whatever. And it's, it's really more people that are like, hey, look, you know, I tried uh, using this, it didn't work. And, you know, does anybody have any suggestions? Yeah, hey, you tried this type of tubing, it works great. You know, it's uh, uh, even that, though, there's a lot of people who uh, kind of bristle at the term grinding, you know, there's uh, the grinder site, which is uh, entirely has different intent than uh, it's about designing your own destiny, right? It's about liberating humanity from the shackles of, of biology and uh, this idea that we're built correctly in the way we should be, uh, just because that's how nature plopped us down here. And so that's basically what we do is, uh, you know, we study ways to give ourselves little abilities and little things that we can do because we feel that the march towards, um, the march of progress is going to be kind of iterative, not uh, grandly designed. To me, biohacking is, uh, uh, is a definition that I always, uh, I, I change usually whenever anyone asks me, but, but I'm going <laughs> to stick to the, uh, the definition that DIY bio uh, uses, which is uh, engaging with biology using the hacker ethic. Biohacking to me seems like the coolest thing that a curious person could do at this time in human society. Um, grinding seems like flesh modification and uh, transhumanism. I think it's the idea that what it means to be human ultimately in the cosmic sense is to continually completely redefine what that would mean to the human. Um, to me, grinding biohacking is just a way to live out, you know, childhood dreams of being a mad scientist, basically. There's there's your academic science, and then, then there's the grinding, where you get to really have fun and apply the stuff you've learned to do just cool stuff. 
Uh, hi, everybody. So I'm a, I'm a director of uh, Biomedical Engineering Lab at Cooper Union. I'm also one of the co-founders of GenSpace, a native New Yorker, so that's a little bit about me. I got into the whole DIY bio. Well, first of all, years and years ago, when I first heard the term DIY bio, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a company like DIYbio.com that sells something uh, rather than a movement, because um, I, was, I was teaching at the time at Harvard. And... Um, and my first kind of real foray into that was leading an iGEM team, which uh, stands for the International Genetically Engineered Machines Competition, which is basically a, a sort of a, a well, a competition slash festival uh, of, of uh, genetic engineering for uh, uh, college students. Now it's, it's been expanded to high school students and DIY bio labs. Uh, but in 2009, I, I led a small Harvard team uh, where we designed um, some really interesting genetic circuits that we were attempting to have microbes communicate using light. Um, so we got that kind of halfway working. And that kind of uh, took me out of my bubble because I'm trained as a research scientist and this was more of an engineering discipline. And being able to kind of really think outside of the box and say, hey, let's build something if it doesn't exist in nature, um, you know, just added a different way of looking at um, biotechnology, at least for me, because I, I was more used to applying it to answer questions in research rather than using it to uh, build something. Um, so that's kind of, and then when I started GenSpace, um, that, actually, that actually arose out of another lab that I had started at the time in 2008 with a good friend of mine, Mitchell Joachim. Uh, runs an organization called Terraform One, which is basically a design and architecture and really kind of futurist city design uh, group. And we were roommates um, back in grad school when he was going to the graduate school of design and I was going to, to work in the lab medical school. We always had ideas and we were bouncing them off of each other. And uh, one thing we kind of lamented was that there was no common space for designers and artists and biologists to kind of meet and kind of, um, you know, use all of their different skill sets and put them together into something cool. So years later, Mitch had found a space in Brooklyn, uh, 33th Flatbush Avenue. It was actually kind of a a broad variety, um, and so I, I usually just kind of about it like a, it's not a Venn diagram, it's more like a triangle, where it's like, on one side you have body hacking, you have the, the people who are, um, they're like, hey, I learned how to eat a sandwich in the morning, and I actually do push-ups, and have you ever considered going out for a walk, and, and this has made me superhuman, it's like, you're not superhuman, you're just like healthy, it's called healthy. Um, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have the, the legitimate biohackers who are like, well, I learned how to do protein synthesis at the lab, and then I like turned my kitchen into a protein synthesis lab. And, um, and, and these are two really, really radically different things. And then if you go up on the triangle, see that in your head there's uh there's the grinders which are like uh, kind of a more of a yes we also like to um you know eat sandwiches and protein synthesis does sound cool but have you ever considered putting an iphone in your arm and and like this is like kind of where the grinders end up and so you have this 
kind of weird spectrum of people who are learning how to be good people, better people, people who are learning how to mess with biology, and then people who love that hardware thing, and they're, they're kind of doing that too. And so this is where, um, you know, this is kind of how I, the, the, the place that I, that I fell into. Um, so I, I tend to do things a little bit differently than, than the usual grinders. I'm, I like the, when you talk about biohacking, it's usually broken down into like grinding DIY bio and body hacking guys. So like, I'm, I'm not actually huge. Like originally I liked the idea of the word biohacking, like, Ooh, it sounds cyberpunk, but now I'm like, but it means nothing. So eh, on, on that one, um, grinding, I definitely, I, I like, I like the, I like the whole whole concept of it i mean i'm a grinder i've done i do all, like done all the implanty thing you know making and designing implants like i like i, I really dig that um transhumanism i find it can get a little wanky very very quickly like the idea i'm like yes absolutely like let's let's get the top of the line tech let's do all the things but like maybe like dial back on the uh the like people tend to throw a lot of just like extra noise in there but yeah no i'm i'm in my like day-to-day -day job um I'm, I'm a researcher i kind of pick things i'm interested in yeah so my name is patrick palman uh, i'm um, from the netherlands um, i have two jobs i work as a assess admin and also as a security guard besides that i also uh, volunteer sometimes I'm one of the founders of, of a hackerspace in, uh, in the netherlands i visit hacker conferences uh, since 2001 yeah uh, to me Hacking and uh, hacking is a way of life. Um, to the, the new listeners, uh, to me, yeah, hacking is finding new applications uh, uh, that are not intended by the creator of the product. And and as a biohacker, I find applications for my body for my body to interact with the technology around us. Yeah, so uh, I'm a UX designer um, full time, and I study my PhD part time in uh, biohacking. Um, which is where this whole interest came from, sort of an academic interest. And after studying people, not well, talking to people um, for about a year and a half, I then decided to go ahead and get chipped myself. Um, so I now have two. One is um, an NFC chip in kind of the standard webbing of my hand, which I use to open my front door uh, and store a little bit of information on it. And the other one, which is pretty new, is a RFID chip um, to use at work for work access to the doors and elevators. And uh, before the recording started, you had mentioned that you were working towards a first PhD and that it's in biohacking as well as uh, a little bit more towards uh, the user experience of insertables. Could you please tell us more about this? Yeah. Um, so it all kind of started um, in a winter here in Melbourne, which isn't really cold by your guys' standards, but I was cold. <laughs> so I had a glove on and I had our, our card in it, um, our card that you touch on and touch off at the um, terminal to pay for your transport. 